Hello and welcome everybody to the STS podcast that is shooting the shit. I am your host here once again, Eugene Caffin, and I have a bunch of my good and excellent friends here with me to go ahead and shoot the shit. So joining me tonight, I have uh, Joseph Frey, Brenton and Christian. Um, we unfortunately have lost a couple of people, but you know, that's how it goes. Um, how are you guys going today? Uh, specifically, Joey, how are you doing, man? I am an experienced and good shit shooter. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the, the shit should be shaking its boots like sweating bullets because I've, I've got well fucking twin rounds ready, dual caliber. Yeah, the shit generally shotguns. does flow out of you pretty well. <laughs> you know, man, and, and, and I've, had, I've had some chili, so like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to shoot you're that re- shit. Yep, right you're ready to go, uh, yeah. Brenton. How are you doing, man? I am fully sick, as in literally sick, but I'm still oh. here, unlike these two fuckers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dang. Well, I uh, I hope that you're ready. May, uh, you know, maybe actual shit will be coming out of you later. Who knows? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And last but definitely not least, uh, we have Christian here with us as well. Christian, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks, mate. How are you? And then I'm good. You're not sick or anything? No, not at all. Just a bit tired, but other than that, pretty good. Yeah, good, good. Well, it's always good to have you here ready to shoot the shit. So, um, yeah, we're just going to be talking about our facts from the past couple of weeks. Um, and today we will start off with the big man himself, Mr. Joseph Ray. Joey, what do you got for us this week? The big man covers. Um, <laughs> essentially. I am so big tonight, tonight. I am like emitting my own, my own force of gravity and just sucking, <laughs> sucking things in. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I hear that's what's happening anyway, like with what you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So essentially, um, Google Stadia is coming in and uh, Google's taken on Microsoft, Sony, uh, and Nintendo and a bunch of other companies all at once because they are streaming games direct to your dick, as far as I can tell. So it's a, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it's meant to be like a controller that you use on the internet and you just play your, you just play your Google Play games in a web browser on the internet using your console, your um, little thingy. <laughs> but I've no fucking idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there is a better way of explaining that, but yeah, that's essentially what it is. Uh, for those people, it's kind of like having Netflix for games. Netflix for games. Yeah, yeah there you go. Is, is the best way to describe it, is that you don't actually need to have any files or anything on your computer. Everything that you require to play the game is sent to you um, via the interwebs and is displayed on your browser. With the low, low speed of three-second lag. <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that what they have? <laughs> no, so that's just a meme. Okay. <laughs> um, I, it, I don't think it's been released, has it? So we don't actually know... Guys, guys, do you think that anyone on the internet would wait to like for it actually be released to talk facts? Or do you think everyone is making up bullshit <laughs> opinions based on like presentation slide decks about exactly <laughs> yeah, how it's going to work? Well, I do know one thing about it. There is there was another podcast I was listening to called Core, and um the dude uh, uh, like the guy who hosts it um, got an invite to play Assassin's Creed via Google Chrome. And uh, he didn't know what it was at first. He just thought it was like, you know, some, some you know, something about trying to like test this new game software. But then he learned that Google Chrome was a popular web browser and he was <laughs> much less confused about that. Yeah. 
Well, um, the thing about it was um, obviously he tested it on like really shitty computers in comparison to like his main ones and basically it was pretty seamless. Um, so as far as the tests were, and it was on Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, and uh, anecdotally for him, it was apparently just um, you couldn't really tell the difference between playing it on on the downloaded version, like the hardware on his computer versus the one in Google Chrome on his crappy laptop. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's I mean, true. there's like some anecdotal evidence. I'm not sure if it's true, if it's the same thing, but yeah, I think that's where they're going with it. Yeah, um, how, do, do we know how much the device costs? Like, have they announced that yet? Or? No, I don't think they've announced it's... too much with it. I mean, like Brenton said, people have hard facts, but I'm yeah, pretty sure none of it has been actually announced yet. I mean, to but... me, it, it looks like it looks like a cheap piece of plastic you can you can manufacture in China for about you know maybe fifty bucks. So what's amazing about this device such that other devices can't do it? Or is it, or is the actual innovation here like Google's awesome fucking content-on-demand yeah. like delivery system? Yeah. Well, let me... Oh, yeah, Brandon, go for it. Yeah, let me fill you in on the facts. Um, by facts, I mean quoting from the Stadia website. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, I know, surprisingly, I think I should know a little bit more about this than you do, Joey, um, <laughs> how this works. Um, it's kind of like complicated but also like actually very simple at the same time all this is is a computer but it's not in your house it's in google's house also known as a data center and you're playing the game on that computer yeah. and then it's in, you're sending like your clickies and your qwer or whatever your gestures your, your gestures yep <laughs> um some of the gestures that can't quite turn into bits and bytes but it'll be like <laughs> user made a jacking off motion error Error. Anyway, <laughs> and then, <laughs> not for those kind of games. Exactly, and the and the server sends back the picture and sound to you. Um, so obviously you're like Q and Mass actually plugged into something. So I think that's the box that you buy from like Google, and that's going to go in your home. It's going to connect the internet. Um, so like it's not so, actually reinventing how the games work or anything. Like this games are still like a game that's running on a computer, like normal. Um, specifically, yeah, sure. specifically um, according to this, a custom 2.7 gigahertz hyper-threaded x86 CPU, yada yada, a custom AMD GPU with HBM2 memory and 56 computer units capable of 10.7 teraflops. That's a lot of flops. 16 gigs of RAM and SSD storage. So essentially, it's like a proper gaming PC. Sure. I mean, although there's all these like custom. Without a graphics card. No, uh, sorry, it does have a GPU. Okay. See, that was the ten that was the teraflops. So this is, and that's in the controller. No, no, no. no. Sorry. This is like in in Google's like you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so so I was basically right, right? Like 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 the the real MVP here isn't the the fifty dollar controller that the bald, the baldy's holding up. No. Yeah. It's um it's Google's new content on demand delivery system. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so the key thing here is that. If you're paying 100 bucks or 50 bucks for the device, uh, you haven't paid off the machine that's sitting in Google's data center. Yeah. So here's the part where, at the end of the day, you have to rent access. You're going to have to rent access to that computer so they can make back the money they spent building all these computers, these data centers. And obviously, if you stop paying, then you're going to lose access to that machine. So you have to pay like. I have to pay like a living subscription to Google because like I can't live without games. Pretty much. 
because that's the that's the kind of hook slash catch is because I like I've like I've thought of doing this myself like without Google you know having a yeah. computer or whatever running like a graphical operating system and like remoting in but the thing is because oh sorry like why would you do this because either I want to access all my games from anywhere because obviously you could theoretically connect from different places to the same computer in the yeah. data center or rather than having a big expensive machine I just want to rent like put one in the cloud without having to like sp spend all that money on a big machine. Hmm. Problem is, uh, big machines like you know big fancy computers, big fancy graphic cards actually cost a shitload of money. And if you're renting them, you're still paying it off. So like it's actually really not cheap. Like if you actually spec out like a cloud like in Amazon or Google whatever a computer with these specs, like it's not cheap. You're paying like a lot of money per month. Hmm. Um. Now, Google, obviously, I'll just, before I let someone else speak, <laughs> Google obviously, like, has deals and can, like, get stuff for a bit cheaper, I'm sure, and find some optimizations. And I'm sure maybe there's going to be some sort of cross-subsidization somehow. But, like, at the core, like, it, it, like, there's no, like, magic thing that makes games use way less memory and RAM for the same, like, graphical quality. Yeah, like, I mean, if there was... We'd be using it already. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if there was, Nvidia would have had a product to launch when they launched the 2080 instead of meme tracing. Mm. The uh, point that I wanted to make about it is um, the the whole idea of, I mean, uh, for lack of a better word, being lazy, and the fact that you uh, you know just like things that happen specifically to Joey all the time is that for someone who loves computers as an IT professional, computers hate him and break all the time. That's so, so true. like, if you don't want to have the hassle of computers breaking on you, having to buy new computers, having to upgrade any of your software um, and all these other things, then maybe it's just worth the money that you pay to rent that machine. And yeah, and then you can have like your, you know, your crappy uh, even TV that has like an, a, a web browser on it that you can plug in your fucking controller and play. Actually, holy shit. Yeah, like if this is because I'm because oh, what I was thinking about, it, I was thinking about like a Windows PC or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't even need like to be manage. that. Yeah, it just needs to have internet access and something to able to process HTML, right? Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, like I mean, in the data center, like in the cloud, I was thinking like you'd have to have a Windows PC, but like, no, of course, they're managing it all for you. Yeah. So you don't have to like install into virus software or anything. You just like oh. click fucking go and you go. <gasps> the actually... other thing is like, um, the problem is, as as me, who's basically like a get off my lawn libertarian, mm -hmm. um, this looks like cancerous utopian bullshit. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. I never asked for this. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely don't want it either. I um I won't be using any service run by Google like that. Um, I find my as the uh, token lefty, I suppose, if we're going to declare political allegiances. I th no, I mean, I think it's wonderful. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, like, to Google, do not resist us. <laughs> on, the one, on the one hand, like you know, as like if you, I mean, I don't know if you can tell from the voice of the things that I talk about, but I'm pretty into computer games, and I've got a pretty beefy desktop PC sitting here, playing my games on. But so, like on the one hand, I'm, I'm like, oh, but that's like really stupid. You like. I've already got the hardware. Why well, would need to pay for this? And like, obviously, oh, Google's gonna steal all my data and like my games, and then I'm not gonna be able to play my games. And oh my god, 
but also I can see the, I don't know, just like, like, okay, the downsides of the PC are that like, if I want to play anywhere else except at my desk, I can't. <laughs> and also, like, see, that's the thing. I think what I think is really interesting is for hardcore, I will, I'm going to call this hardcore, for chads like us, for chad thundercocks like us, who already, like, use a PC all the time. And that's, like, already, like, managing that PC is probably less advantageous. By the way, yeah. on, the, on the subject of managing my PC, yeah. I, did the, I did the ultimate Chad Thundercock thing uh, this weekend, and I organized my file structure. It made me so fucking happy to just have all my data exactly where I wanted on my hard drive. And I can't do that with, with Google Stadia. Therefore, you know, Google Stadia is dead. Anyway. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, Maybe the... Maybe they have like a little widget where you can like move things around and it's like pretends to organize them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like instead of like you can alphabetize your games by hand. <laughs> oh, That'd be awesome. Like just just alphabetizing tough and then like because what you need to do is you need to subcategorize, right? So so yeah. first you, you categorize by date and then you categorize by alphabet. Oh, exactly. And then you and then you you've double sorted your list and it's just beautiful. All hand sorted, all freshly picked. Oh, what do I want to play? I want to play 1992 Lemmings. <laughs> I guess I don't know that. Ah, I well, I mean, oh. obviously, for that you have a desktop shortcut, but I see your point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just have it, I just have it permanently loaded up, so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about with desktop shortcut. <laughs> mm, so, as someone that's politically neutral, um, <laughs> I can say that I'm definitely excited about this. Um, not just because that I think it would be good for games. I can see the potential of it to be something big and to be used. However, I will temper my excitement with the fact that this is Google. And as far as projects, um, they don't have the best track record when it comes to products and services. Um, so I think that if it's done correctly, it will be good. Um, but if it is done uh, badly, then it, it will just be mediocre and something that's a bit of a wash. Um, yeah, so I think that if it was done with gaming companies and it sounds like better than Google Stadia or, you know, it did, you know, it sounded better and it's from like people with, uh, game rep reputation, um, then I think it would be better. Um, so yeah, so I can definitely, um, see the advantages of it, whether or not I would subscribe to it. Not sure. I, I don't want to be like the beta tester. I definitely would want to get it when it's all clean and polished and whatnot. Um, and yeah, that's how I would approach this uh, new technology. Yeah, I'll just clarify like one point that I believe that like part of this announcement was Google is working with game developers. Like, mm. I believe it's got it's going to have like a quote unquote native integration with like Unreal and Unity like, oh, yeah. already. Like, it's yeah. So it's it, it like no, sorry, uh, going back a step. Um. I don't think the idea is that you, the, you'll be able to play any like any arbitrary game that exists. I believe I think it's specifically going to be like um, Google's going to have a relationship with the game developer or publisher, and mm, like yeah. so it'll be like a white list of games, like a console. Yeah, actually. it'll it'll just be another platform. It's sort of like yeah. yeah, how things are exclusive to PS4, Xbox One, or PC or whatever. It'll be like things that are on Google Stadia. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think. Yeah, but I do see the appeal of like, um, I mean, I, theoretically, this is the best parts of like consoles, which I would say the best part of a console is that theoretically, 
Well, at least the olden days, you just put the disc in and you play the game, mm. and you don't have to like manage yeah, the interface. or have like the physical downloaded files, so, yeah. like you know, so that no one's stealing your data or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because these days, like, you just put the fucking disc in, and then the, disc, the thing's like, oh, I need to download six gigs of updates before you can play. Yeah, it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, PlayStation. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then, but also, the downside of a console is that, like, it doesn't have well, it only has like exclusives plus whatever they ship for that platform, whereas this. We'll have a, like I, I believe the idea is a lot of PC games that aren't necessarily mm. on consoles and stuff. And also, the is they've tried to kill Steam, they've tried to kill um, PC like lots and lots of times, and it's never worked. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's why I think this isn't going to work either. Yeah. So, I, that's the thing that I think that's the most open question. Like, I think the other parts is kind of known, to be honest. Like, yeah. like the advantages, advantages. It's the technic- I think it's a technical execution that's always been the challenge, and also like. Internet bandwidth and latency on average, although mm. that's getting better every year. Like, yeah, that is a problem. Like, you know, because obviously, if you want to play computer games, but you're out like somewhere where internet's really hard to get or it's really bad, like, can you actually yeah. use this particular software or, like, you know, or yeah, yeah, or use this system? Thanks, so, Kevin Rudd. Yeah, <laughs> I love the NBN. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, NBN forever. Yeah. I love my NBN sticker. Still mad at. Malcolm fucking Turnbull with his communications. Anyway. Yeah. Fine. Yep. Uh, but I actually think, yeah, like, I can actually see the advantage of, like, also, I mean, the thing is, they're saying, like, oh, it sucks because it's on the internet. But, like, these days, to play any fucking game that isn't an indie title, you have to download all the patches and updates anyway. Why are you like, playing games that aren't indie titles? Well, I don't know. some sort of, like, like Virgin EA cuck while, while I'm a chad. Chad indie, Chad indie gamer. First of all, you don't even play games anymore. Yeah, you I mean, are. you don't. I'm fucking Chad, Chad anime fan. Pretty much. Um. <laughs> uh huh. Does that sentence even make sense? Yep, you, you virgin gamer. I'm a Chad anime fan. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. So, um, who's the weird ones that go to festivals all the time? And make idiots uh, out of themselves? Is it the gamers or is it the anime fucks? I mean, no, no, to be fair, that's both you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking both. <laughs> I suppose if you get some weird cross section of the two where, like, you're uh, an anime nerd gamer. Yeah, well, I mean, that used to be me, right? Mm. Yeah, that's me. I'm that. It me. Mm-hmm. Um, point is, uh, yeah, so I think the biggest issue to try and try and put, get a current, like, and make a point out of this rambling nonsense is that uh, I think the biggest challenge is the people who like will like with the best setup already, like with good internet stuff, are possibly the people who are already like hardcore gamers who like already have a gaming PC and stuff. Mm. Like, where it's the people who, and so naturally, if you've already got all this shit and you've already bought all these games, then you're probably less attracted to this. Whereas, I think the real target market is people who like i don't know would play games but all these like barriers are in the way or they just like the hump of having to like get a thing and install a thing and download all the files is a pain um yeah so so this is like an elusive audience right because what you're saying is google's targeting a hardcore gaming device at non-hardcore gamers and yeah it's gonna go great yeah because the problem is like the sort of people who like don't play games now but might maybe like don't even have internet or like don't know how their internet works or have no idea that it's shit um and all these challenges but yeah so like 
I can see it. It does appeal to me in some ways, but like I'm a hardcore gamer. Like I don't know if how appealing this is going to be to the masses, especially like how the subscription fee is going to work. Like I, I know mm. that they can do some optimizations, like because the thing is, like when you rent a computer in the cloud, like usually renting it for, like for the whole month or the whole year. But like it's, if you're not a hardcore gamer, maybe you're only using that computer for like six hours a week. Mm. In which case, like all the other rest of the time, like you don't really need to be using the computer. So you could, they could be renting it to someone else. So maybe I don't know if they're going to price it based on usage or they're going to price it like assuming you're not a hardcore gamer. But then if you are a hardcore gamer, Google's losing money every month because you're on that fucker 24 7. See, I wouldn't. Um, I, I've i never used any of the streaming services like Netflix or Stan or anything like that. So I don't, don't really see myself doing a or using another streaming service for games either how come um generally i I guess generally speaking i just prefer to have an actual physical copy so that you know i own that copy and it's something tangible um really weird because i really used like i used to be 100 percent like agreeing with that i don't know i think i just got too old and stopped caring and i'm like whatever like i I, that's the other thing i suppose for games like the sort of games that are going to be on this platform like, the argument that, like, oh, I'm going to lose access to them. Well, if it's a multiplayer game that's, like, online only, you're kind of screwed anyway because, like, if the server shuts down, you can't really play a game. Infinity and... Crisis, where are you? Yeah, exactly, I'm, right? I'm still waiting for Infinity Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Infinity Crisis? Uh, Whatever. Yeah, the, the DC like, rover. <laughs> like, that yeah. is shit, but, like, it's a thing that's already happened. And, like, the other games I'm thinking on here are probably other AAA stuff, like single-player games, and it's, like, to be honest, like... I if I play like Grand Theft Auto, well actually that's a bad example. But like a lot of single players, I'm gonna play it and then I'm finished, and like I keep the files around forever because I might play it again. But I'm never gonna play it. Never... You Maybe... know, I I actually keep all of my old old games on my hard drive. Yeah, I know. Just fun to play games, and the reason is because I just really like leaving my games over. <laughs> it, 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 it gives me like, this little bit of like autistic joy just to see my my, my well organized folders of games. I mean, like I think that target market. Is literally why Magic the Gathering was created. Yeah, like totally. look at all my cards. And like you can you can even put icons in all the folders, like like specialized icons. So like, oh uh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, um, I'm I'm done with Sadia. You guys done? Yep. Uh, Christian, do you have any final comments? I think you've been the quietest on this one. Um, I think the only other thing I'd say is that um, like anything with Google, I'd be suspicious of. Um, just privacy wise, I I don't know. I just their approach to things and how they store data, just um, yeah, it's, it's not something I'm a big fan of. So yeah, def- definitely not something that I'm interested in. I think I'd always go for a, an actual physical console. Um, and you know, some of the other arguments against it, you know, the, the quality of internet or the accessibility of internet would also put me off it. Um, I'd rather be able to you know, play my games w- when I want to play them um, and not having it dependent upon some kind of streaming service or, or an internet connection. Okay, yep, yep that's fair. Cool. All right. Um. So next, we have the B train. Oh shit! I'm up. Alrighty. Uh, I'm gonna try and stumble less in this segment than Joey's segment. All right. <laughs> um. Good first luck. I- Thanks. First item. Um. So there's a video game called World of Warcraft that you guys might have heard of. What is that? Um. It's like Final Fantasy XIV: Realm Reborn. But much uglier. Oh, 
So some uh, kind of MMORPG, right? Yes, yes. It's, a, it's an EverQuest clone, basically. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, why haven't they sued Blizzard yet? Like, fucking, it's always a ripple for fucking EverQuest. Well, it has, <laughs> it, it has like... That should sell in fucking 2003, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to sue, they would have. Yeah, no, Mr. Tristrick. So, okay, so... um. Blizzard announced some time ago that they were making a thing called Classic WoW, mm-hmm. which is you'll be able to play World of Warcraft as it was in the midst of time, 10 fucking years ago, whatever. Um, More than that, actually. I think it's like 15 now, right? Shit. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> 15 years ago. And, the time was always 16 years ago. Oh my God, 16 years <laughs> Anyway, 20 years ago, <laughs> 25 years ago when this came out. Um, anyway. So, some people are excited for this. Some people, surprisingly, people who are interested in playing this have really strong opinions about exactly what should be in it. Okay, so like, I, Brenton, I think you're underestimating the absolute neck demons who are interested in this game. Pretty much. Oh my god. <laughs> and 90% neck. They are very passionate about it, and rightfully so, because it was, it was something that they were very passionate about. It was yeah. a golden age of World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so apparent, so what I'm hoping you guys can fill me in on, because you guys like actually play WoW, I have played WoW, I believe, at some point, whereas I've barely ever mm. played it. Um, Blizzard has announced that there's going to be a limited form of loot trading. In yeah, WoW. I've, I've read about this. Yeah, keep and, going, Brenton. Explain it. And, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know what? I'll explain it. Um, you know, I'll, you know, I'm going to quote from a blue post, a Blizzard post a little bit. Uh-huh. At BlizzCon 2018, we talked about how we planned to keep loot trading in World of Warcraft Classic. We added loot tra- trading in Wrath of the Lich King to solve a common problem. A player could accidentally loot an item meant for another player or give it to the wrong person using master loot. They would, then Holy have to- shit. they would then have to contact Blizzard to get the item moved to the intended recipient, which might take days. We wanted to keep loot trading, yada yada, because we want the right person to get the item and saves everyone time. But we heard your concerns about the potential for abuse the loot trading system in parties of five it's possible that abusive play could take the form of a group of four players looting to deny loot to a stranger who joined their party to pick up raid groups being much larger and with more understanding on the part of solo players that they're going to f- get fucked over by the um group <laughs> <laughs> exact quote from the blue post right <laughs> pretty much uh so taking that into consideration we've decided that the two-hour loot trading system where classic will only apply to soulbound gear that drops in raids. Soulbound loot that drops in five-person content will not be tradable at any time. Yada, yada, yada. So what I want you to understand is what the fuck they're talking about and uh, why anyone cares about this detail. Do you want okay, to do this question of Joey? Yeah, no. so it's, it, it is an important issue because, well, firstly, um, the loot trading did not exist in the original World of Warcraft, right? Yep, sorry, that is a key point. I should have, yeah, should have clarified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wrath of the Lich came a lot later, yeah. Yeah, um, so that, that's a, the key point. So you'll have your um, your World of Warcraft classic purists who will be asking for no changes. Um, so that's that's a major argument because it is a, a deviation from the original. Yeah, I agree. Um, second of all, um, what loot trading could possibly cause um, is uh, shady deals between different people. Um, so, for example, in raids, 
you might have half a raid, which is part of one guild, and then elements from other guilds. And deals could be made where someone might, you know, say, well, you look, well, I'll pay you X amount of gold um, if I'm able to get this item if it drops. And so that they basically double their chances of getting that item because A, they could win it, or yeah. B, the other person could win it and then they pay the gold and they get it. And so it creates this, because what, what could happen is the person can be given that item yeah. and everyone else could think that they've legitimately got it. And then after the raid, if it's within the two hours, they could say, okay, give me my gold and I'll trade, I'll trade it to you. And then that person gets their, their item. Um, so so but those deals could start eventuating, which can really break up um, guilds and also the, uh, the moral fiber of the server. Well, that sounds like serious business. What um, I'm going to say, what I'm going to say is, um, griefing such as that is an integral part to WoW Classic and the experience of WoW Classic. Because if you're if you're role playing a sneaky rogue, and suddenly you can't backstab your friends, like what the fuck? Really <laughs> like you have to be able to grief other players within limits. Like obviously not like kill their family or whatever. Unless you're totally into that. <laughs> My only question is, I like, I suppose I don't understand, like, so is the thing that we're trying to preserve here, like, is he talking about, like, it being bad that people can trade the gold for, like, loot after yeah, the raid? Yeah, so the whole idea, Brenton, is that obviously gear is a random drop, right? And sure. the, the thing in raids is that normally it's run under a master leader system. Yep. Where um the where like the, the the person in charge of master leading is the guy who hands out the loot and is apparently someone who's trustworthy, most likely the raid leader. Yeah. Um and then people roll for it. And so, you know, obviously what happens is like the raid leader's a busy dude and he's sorting out loot and he might fuck up and send it to the wrong person. And then okay. what would have to happen back in the day is you would have to open a ticket and go, I accidentally gave it to the wrong person, blah blah blah. Can you please give it to this person instead of this person? And you'd have to like, and basically it would take Blizzard, you know, um, mod, mod, moderation time to do that. So yeah. like they would have to have, you know, physical, like, uh, people who would have to actually, who would have to do this transaction. And yeah. so in order to like save them time and money, um, they, they enabled loot trading to make it automated. But what Christian was saying is that obviously you can get shady underhanded things where people like offer you um, money or gold or something uh, in order to increase your chances. And also there could be things where like if you're in a, uh, a raid um, and you roll and you win on an item, the the person who is the master leader could like go, oh, well, yours doesn't count because you're not in the guild. So I'm just going to give it to the guildie that had the highest roll or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, it's always, it, it's always going to be like this, really like tricky issue um and i think that they're trying to to do it like for the the a compromise between mm -hmm. the purists like christian was saying they don't want any deviation but theoretically blizzard doesn't want to have to spend man hours giving people items that, that yeah, like, of course yeah. not. like the part that i'm most shocked by is that in really wow like you couldn't just like give someone an item that you had like, like, um, you could trade it, but a lot of things were bind on pickup, so that meant course. that as soon as you picked it up, it was soul bound to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really with soul soul binding from games like Terra, where it's used mm. to basically screw you out of your money as efficiently as possible. <laughs> yeah, so that was really the big issue, and um, uh, to be to also be specific, um, I'm surprised that Christian didn't remember things about EBRS etc., which are still considered dungeons and not raids. Um, anything that has a raid lockout is what this applies to. 
Yep, of course. Yeah. yeah. So um, UBRS doesn't ever raid lockout, so it doesn't apply, even though you go in with a generally a 10 to 15 player group. Yeah. What is UBRS? Upper, Upper Black, Black Rock Spire. Sorry, of course. Oh, of course, yes. yeah. I've heard of, I've heard <laughs> well, of that. Well, it, it's actually a big hub of a lot of dungeons, uh, in, not just in vanilla, in like most of Warcraft history. Uh, Black Rock Mountain is a, um, a quite a... I mean, let's say hot area. <laughs> um, oh damn! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, see what I did there, Fire Lords. Um, so um, yeah, it's a hot area for dungeons and basically bad people doing bad things. Yeah, yeah. It's also okay. the staging ground for the orc invasion of Azeroth. Ooh, funny. Mm -hmm. Okay, this sounds interesting. I mean, I think that like Blizzard's point that they don't want to have like some poor schmuck sitting in a fucking call center somewhere. Like in a like uh, uh, some office floor, like drag dropping items between people all day. Yeah, because they're like, yeah. oh, sorry, I sent it the wrong one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you mean. I think you mean actually. Blizzard is cutting costs by denying people good skilled labor. That's true. <laughs> Blizz. But that labor. Dude, they just fired like a fuck ton of employees. What do you reckon they're gonna answer to this? Oh no, um, we want to spend more money on trivial tasks. No, they absolutely do. <laughs> um, and I said the whole I, I mean, you know what? Mm. Like my actual thought is that like whole like random drop system is like kind of dumb in a much more broad way. But I don't have a better solution off the top of my head. And also like um, you, that'd be you, much bigger. The, the solution is a skill based system where your your skills slowly like tick up. Yeah, and uh, and you have items that grow with you, but you know they can grow away. Yeah, and obviously that's a much bigger, like, I mean, I, that would also be like a much, much, much bigger change, like, than what they're yeah. talking about. So, like, I'm not I mean, the, the, the thing is, like, if you're going to include a, a loot system where, you know, you, you, you roll the dice and get some loot, then you're yeah. always going to get this thing where, like, players are going to grief each other for the loot. Yeah. Mm. That's, simply how, that's, how, that's how it rolls. Also, yeah. um, money just, hasn't closed. It's all just uh, psychologically um, random. Uh, so when there's random positive reinforcement for a uh, for a particular event, it um, conditions you to enjoy that much faster than if it's um, or if it's a consistent reward. Um, so basically, if they made things consistently, then people would be less addicted to WoW and they would lose money. Dude, that is, and you want know a perfect segue into my second item. Oh yeah. Um. So. Uh, I've been playing... Oh, actually, I forgot. Man, I forgot the most important thing. Still haven't played League of Legends. Since... Nice. Oh, yeah, good, good. Yep. Good, good, good. But um, I have been playing a new game called Brown Dust. Mm -hmm. um, it is, surprise, surprise, another MOBA game or mobile game. And you're a mobile <laughs> game. Which had its mobile release only a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. oh. I was able to... Yeah, because, like... Because I'm on Android, you can like pre-order the game and like for, and before it comes out for like free, and you get free items and shit when it launches. Yep, sure. So I was like, fuck yeah, I love free stuff. So um, there's, I don't know. Well, I was gonna like I was gonna talk about a video, but I realized this is an audio medium. Basically, um, all right. Uh, so is your favorite character Celia? Okay, um, look, I don't want to limit it to only one. Okay, let's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's only one male so far, like they're all female. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
so you, you start, um, there's like this cool backstory where um, at the start of the game, there's like this empire and like they're in control of all these like, you know, areas, you know, states or whatever. And then they're like most um, guys like uh, 2IC to the emperor or whatever. Oh. And he's like the most honorable you know, guy in the world who like loves the empire and everything about it. You know, he's fucking um, die for his country in a heartbeat. Uh, turns <laughs> and rebels against the empire all of yeah. a sudden. And um, and the rebel army is way smaller than obviously the empire's army, but the rebels have got the six devils on their side. Yeah. And they, the empire still wins, but just barely. Oh. Um, and in the ashes of this war, then basically all the other all the states are like, actually, I don't want to be ruled by a fucking empire, so we're just going to not be part of the empire anymore. And right. let's all war each, let's all war with each other, which means that Merc's, um soldiers are in short supply because everyone's warring with each other all the time. And so now mercenary soldiers are the new hot thing, and you start the game under an assumed name. Because it turns out that you are the son of the guy who turned against the Empire, who right. betrayed the Empire. And you start as like an anonymous mercenary soldier building up your mercenary army. And the actual game is that it's got it's it's kind of a little bit like Fire Emblem or those sorts of games, where you've got like a grid and it's kind of got like a pitched battle between two sides. And like you've got and on each grid can you can have one of your units. And mm -hmm. you can like rearrange them on the grid and then they fight each other. And like each unit will have something like they um, attack. But rather than being like Fire Emblem where you like move the units around, once you move them in the right spot, they operate on their own for the battle. Okay. And what's really cool is it's kind of like front to, like it's kind of sort of two dimensional. So like if you've got a guy at the front, he's going to attack the first guy on the opposing side. Or the last guy, depending on like which kind of stat he's got. Yeah. So they'll be like chicks with arrows, chicks with bows, and they'll shoot like the last person, and then we guy with a hammer and shoots the first uh, his first person. So you got like a range of guys, because like if they've got a guy with a gun on the other side, because normally you put your healer in the back, right, or your support yeah, sure, in the back, sure, sure. they're going to shoot the healer first. So you need to like rearrange that, and you have to defenders in the front, because most of your enemy warriors are going to be like um, attack the first thing. So you want to have your like big tanks up front. So like similar to a lot of games, but what's really cool is that there's actually like a lot of a lot more depth than I was expecting. Because <laughs> there's like I don't know hundred and something mercenaries you can get, and they've all got you know like unique like ability. Um, and there's like five or six different like uh, classes, yeah, and cool. uh, you can also like. Oh, of course, you can upgrade the skills and upgrade the mercenaries, and there's like runes and like fucking sets. So if you've got like three in a set of the mercenaries on the field at the same time, they get some massive bonus. And of course, you get the mercenaries by playing a gacha game, and that's where what what Eugene was saying fits in with random rewards. Yeah, for sure. Because um, obviously, you get five star mercenaries, and they're the best. Yeah, and then you've got like one star mercenaries, they suck ass. But what's really cool, actually, what I wanted to so anyway, the game is actually really fun. <laughs> Sorry, because I haven't paid. Uh, I, paid, I only paid eight bucks, but like I didn't need to. I just did that because like, so like a lot of these games, they'll have like a newbie pack, 
chicken like only redeemed for like the first couple of weeks after you started playing and mm-hmm. it's like a massive discount compared to the normal prices is this one of the games where you have to um you have to buy time in the game so like the game will let you move so far and then and then you have to pay you, you have to put money into like to like make another move no generally actually that's one of the good things no, yeah, so okay. like the only thing that so I believe the main like things that control like what you can do in the game. There's like these horseshoes, which I think yeah. if you every time you do a battle, like you have to spend a couple of horseshoes. Right. And the but this only comes to but like normally you've got lots of horseshoes. This only matters if you keep losing. Right. Because if you keep losing, then eventually you run out of horseshoes. But you can like earn horseshoes through like six different ways you can earn them back. But like I'll be, I'll, including like buying them. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then the other thing that controls it is like which mercenaries you have, because that's all done through like recruiting them, quote unquote, which basically you have to like buy a scroll. That's the gotcha. Yeah, you have to either buy, and there's like, oh my God, like, you remember when I was going to make like uh, a game parroting microtransactions? <laughs> yeah, no, dude, dude, it'll be taken as a serious game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, this, thing, this thing has so many like, it's like normal scrolls. And then there's yeah. like class scrolls that have a high chance of someone from that class. And there's like special scrolls that are time limited, like only available for a certain time. It should be a higher drop rate of like one particular five-star mercenary. And I'm like, I don't even know what I want. <laughs> what do these buttons do? Um, and then, yeah, so, but actually, because I did the pre-order, they, like this is really, what's really weird. They actually give you a ton of stuff for free. Like, I've got, like, a two five-star mercenaries already, just, like, for free, and, like, a bunch of four-stars, and I'm playing the campaign, and, like, I'm having a blast. No, it's good. It's good. It's good you're having fun. What's, mm. what's, what's really interesting is, like, if you've got a mercenary that's, like, OP, they'll have a higher cost, so you can't just, like, stuff your battlefield with, like, really OP mercenaries and, like, steamroll. Yeah, so you, it's a, a point-by system. Yeah, it's actually really cool. But I suppose unlike I don't know games like Warhammer, it's really fairly easy and intuitive system to use. <laughs> and you don't have all... to roll like fifty dice. Yeah, exactly. You just like tap the shit, and you just press start yeah. battle, and they'll and they'll fucking attack each other. And there's all cool like you know, grinding takedowns and like um, set effects, and all these really cool you know, fucking KOs, hammer smashes from heaven and stuff. It's really cool. Sounds like I'll be checking out of my new Google Stadia. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, of and, course, and like the campaign's really cool because I'm like it's it's telling you the story bit by bit. So I'm learning more about these six devils. Yeah, nice. And you yeah, know, cool. um, you meet a you you meet it's basically everyone you defeat in battle, like they, you know their leader. You end up um, recruiting them into mercenary army. Yeah, of course. They're so basically man, a conquering. Man, the like no, no, I'm, I'm seeing this right. There's one male character, and it's like yeah. the other the other devils are all female. So I'm like. Yeah. Obviously, I can see. I, I can see how this goes. Yeah, like I've already conquered like a bunch of chicks, and I'm like, yes, the <laughs> harem. Exactly. I mean, mercenary army. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I think I'm gonna have to cut you there, Brenton. But right. it does definitely sound like a a cool game. Um. And definitely one from having a look at the cover that appeals to your interests. <laughs> I'm here for the deep intro gameplay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right um well with that i think we will move on uh, to christian christian what do you have for us this week okay so um one of my uh many hobbies and, and something that i particularly been enjoying doing recently is um playing around with shortwave radio 
Um, and an area that I'm, I'm quite interested in um, are the, uh, the number stations. What's a number station? So a number station is... Um, sorry, a... sorry, sorry, sorry. No, go back. What's a shortwave radio? Okay, so shortwave radio is, uh, well, it's a, it's a radio that works on the shortwave frequencies. Um, so that can go from anywhere in, you know, 100 kilohertz all the way up to you know, 14,000 or, or, or more or less. So this is as close um, to like uh, the megahertz frequencies, which is like 106.5 or whatever. Radio yeah, stations. correct. Yep, yep. yep. Um, so this is the kind of radio that you can get across continents and um, you know, all the way around the world, depending upon when it's broadcast and whether it bounces off the ionosphere or, or whatever. Can you get it um, from space? Yes, actually. Awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, what I find particularly interesting are these number stations. And um, basically, no one really knows exactly what they're used for. Um, there's been a couple of really famous ones um, originating from all the way back to the Second World War and the Cold War in particular. Yeah, okay. um, there's a few. Basically, the, the, the idea behind them is that there will be some kind of um, filler that's broadcast all the time. Um, so, for example, there's one very famous one called UVB76, uh, which is also known as the buzzer. And basically, if you, um, if you tune in on a shortwave radio um, to... Uh, 4625 kilohertz, um, you will get this buzzing sound. And basically, you get this, uh, this buzzing sound, and it's been going on for almost the last 40 years, so nonstop. Oh, really? Um, Just like this buzz? Nonstop. So oh, basically, okay. it goes beep, beep, beep. So there's approximately 25 tones per minute, 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. Um, and this just got, has been going on and on and on nonstop for, you know, 40 or 50 years. I know what it is. Um, but it, sometimes it's interrupted. Oh, so yeah. just at random times, it'll, the buzzing will stop and then a voice will come on um, and it'll speak in Russian um, a, a cryptic message. So it'll be a list of names and numbers um, and it'll repeat it a few times and then it'll stop and then the buzzing will start again. And it might be weeks or months or years before the voice comes on again and does the same thing. No, I've, uh, I'm certain I know what this is. You, you still don't know? No, I, I know what it is. Okay, all right, all right, all right, enlighten us. What, okay, what's what, your theory? What, what is this? What are, we, what are we dealing with? So in 1980, we're talking about President Reagan's election. Yeah. And I reckon the, the Russians started this saying, this annoying buzzing will stop if President Reagan is not your president. And, <laughs> and they were really disappointed. And so the buzzing, it will never stop. <laughs> well, that's a good theory, but the, the actual theories behind it are, um, firstly, they think that it's some way to communicate to Russian operatives across the world, because obviously the shortwave can be picked up anywhere. Um, they think that the, the, um, the numbers and letters are transmitting some kind of message, which can be deciphered by the use of what they call a, a one-use one pad. Um, so it's the only one person has the the code, um, and the the person um, speaking the the, um, the coded message, and then it gives them the ability to decode that message, and then they can destroy the the one use pad. Um, so it's a completely secure way of um, transmitting a message. Mm. So, so that's one idea. But to do that, you've got to be the person that has the code and be able to to, to know when that actual broadcast is going to happen. Um, because it seems completely random. 
So you think there's like these Russian sleeper agents just around the world waiting for the waiting with their pad going, this is my time. Well, that's, that's one of the theories. Yeah, um, okay. Another one of the theories is that it's a sort of like a, um, a backup system in the event that uh, other communications in Russia are, are knocked out. Um, they're able to use this, um, this particular frequency to communicate orders to military units. Um, and the, the buzzing uh, is supposed to stop anyone else from being able to transmit on that frequency. It's just filling in the time the whole time. Okay. Yeah, well, that would make sense, right? Because if you're just like sending, you know, random shit for the majority of the time, and then all of a sudden you send like a code followed by more random shit, like no one else can really broadcast at that frequency. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, the last and probably the most sinister um, theory about the, these number stations, and that one in particular, is that it's like a dead, dead man's hand trigger. Um, so that if, you know, a country gets hit by a nuclear attack, um, the transmission will stop, and that way it will um, trigger a nuclear strike in retaliation, which oh, is a bit shit. scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd actually like that theory because um, for it to be a dead man's hand, uh, the, the, regu- the Russian intervals would have to be more regular than like st- uh, starting and stopping every couple of weeks or every couple of years. Yeah. Um, like, and the beeping is easily replicable. So if it is definitely Dead Man's Hand, then the US will just start broadcasting it after the new Russia. So it's a pretty shit yeah. Dead Man's Hand if it is. That's true. But that's just the theory. Um, yeah, I, I, I just disagree with the theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's interesting because there's like heaps and heaps of these number stations, um, heaps and heaps of different countries seem to run them, although they never um, admit to actually running them. So, man, so do you actually have a shortwave radio? I do, and I, um, I, I listen to it quite often, and um, oh. you know, I, I tune into some of these different number stations, and like the buzzer in particular, is, uh, it goes on forever. I've never actually heard a, um, an actual transmission, because it's so rare, yeah, um, but sure. I live in hope. Um, but there's a few others that, um, that go around, the, such as the, the Lincolnshire Poacher, which was a, um, apparently it was run by Britain um, out of Cyprus, and it used to play a short musical clip called the, the Lincolnshire Poacher to um, signify that they were about to broadcast. And then they'd have this, um, this voice of an uh, English woman with an English accent um, saying a, a bunch of numbers, and it'd stop. Uh, okay. So, man, like, it, it just sounds like this is some next-level, like, military spy shit that nobody uses anymore. Well, uh, apparently they're still active, so okay. there must be some kind of use. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, why like... Why else would they, they keep it running? Very true. But it's sort of like this, like, an- ancient, ancient technology that still, like, reliably gets it to places. Yeah. Yeah. But um, shortwave radio is, is filled with that sort of thing. It's, it's quite fascinating to... So, you know, in the middle of the night, be you know listening to different frequencies, and you'll just hear people having conversations and man, all sorts of weird stuff. We should like project out the STS podcast on shortwave radio frequencies. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking that, but if you wanted to start up a, a pirate radio station, yeah, uh, dude, oh yeah, sure. But uh, just a warning: the uh, the fines associated with that are, are pretty extreme. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> Finding for what? For for fucking doing some science in a backyard. If yes. I want to make, if I want to make a a thermonuclear device, I will go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get away with this. Sorry, unfortunately, we live in a fascist state where the, where yeah, the air, where the the air itself is, the air itself is licensed to us by the government. Yeah, very true. Uh, the, the, they need a wank license in the UK. 
Oh man. Hide my Well, Joey, if you want to handle uranium without any specialist training, you be my guest. I will go down it. Yep. I mean, after the alpha and beta radiation kill you, I'll be the one laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll be writhing in the ground in freedom. <laughs> Drenched in freedom. Your hard-earned freedom, yeah. <laughs> Is that paying the iron price? I'm not sure. No, you'd have to kill the person taking the uranium. Never mind. No, I'm, I'm paying the uranium price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, um, are there any other frequencies or any other famous things that have happened or any other conspiracy theories? Oh, there's plenty of conspiracy theories. Most of it's around, you know, government sending secret messages. And mm. there's quite a few other frequencies. Um, some of the other famous ones are um, there was a Spanish woman um, where it's just the this uh, sound of a, a woman speaking in Spanish. Mm. Um, there's another couple of Russian ones called the squeaky wheel and the pip. Mm -hmm. um, so the... They sound pretty much like what they're described. So one sounds a little bit like a squeaky wheel. The other one's sort of like a, a pip sound. Um, they do the same thing. They just sort of fill the um, the space until occasionally a message is sent. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that, that sounds awesome. I mean, it, it it's definitely something that um, that I'll look into. Yeah, yeah. it's um, just a, an interesting little tidbit. Hey, anyone that's interested in that sort of thing. Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, cool. Is that all you have for us today, man? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, getting back to World of Warcraft and, mm. and classic World of Warcraft yeah. um, specifically, is the um, content schedule that's been released. Mm, I did hear I about my... this as well, yeah. Yeah, so basically the, the plan is with, with Classic WoW is that they're going to be releasing the different tiers of content in a staggered form. Um, mm -hmm. So they'll be starting off... Uh, and. I think it's just with Molten Core and Anixia's Lair. And they'll be progressively releasing extra dungeons and raids. I believe um, Moradon as well on the first, in the first um, content release. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, and then, you know, progressively releasing extra tiers as they, you know, um, move along. Mm. Um, and I guess my question to, to you guys is, do you think it'll work? Do you think it will be like classic or um, do you think that there's enough tiers because i think at the moment they've got about six or seven tiers do you think they need more or less or um so currently less? i think it's six and i do think it will work because um from what i looked at i mean like i wasn't around during uh classic wow i played in the burning crusade onwards um but having a look at it there's definitely a clear progression and it just really depends on like the timeline that they use like for example um, the biggest one that people talk about is the opening of the gates of Anchorage. And that is like coming significantly later than the opening of the game and the release of Blackwing Lair and whatnot. So yep. I think as far as that is concerned, I think it will be good. I, I really have no quarrels with the way that they're releasing it. And it seems like it, it's in a very thought out manner. Like as far as I have heard and seen, they've got a lot of feedback from the community around, around it and around where they should release things. Um, but I, I definitely think it will work and I definitely am excited to actually go through the content in the time frame that it was, uh, sort of released. And in particular, the big one that I didn't know about is apparently they like, they had a catch up system, um, right at the end. Yeah, that's correct. I think it was a catch up system, um, with the tier. Yeah. Was... Going from, um, Uncourage to, um, 
Nextramus. Yeah, Nextramus. Yeah, yeah. They had so like they beefed up the dungeons to make the dungeon loot better. Yep. Yeah. So like you could actually get into you know uh, a a place where you could go into raids much quicker. Yeah. So to me, the the interesting thing is, um, like, they're going to make classic WoW, and they're going to progressively make it shit by like re releasing content, right? <laughs> as soon as you release content, like uh, Blizz fucked up, and like obviously they're running the game. So, <laughs> um, my my curiosity lies with like maybe they're going to do like a two year season. So like this is season one of Classic WoW, and two years later they're going to roll it back again. Yeah, well that is the that is the question, right? Is like do do they then go under Burning Crusade, or do they just like roll back the timeline on a few servers? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, see, I, I think what they're more likely to do is have a limited number of servers to start off with. Oh yeah, then, for sure. Yeah, yeah. As they progress, maybe release new servers that start back um, at the original starting point. So if people want to go on a fresh server and do the progression again, that that's probably the way to do it. Um, because I think if rolling back servers, you'd get all those problems with people, you know, with extra gear and items and whatnot that don't occur until after those. Um, raid tiers are implemented, mm, sure. um, and they wouldn't be able to access those raids that you know they're working on. Um, so I think that's the only logical way to do it is just to have mm. make a couple of new servers every every now and then. Yeah, sure. So, do you guys ever think that they will, you know, as Joey said, make the game progressively shit and do a burning crusade? <laughs> um, I think the problem with the um, the staggered server, as Christian described. Is it's going to split the player base, and Warcraft is a game that de depends on a uh, large yeah. player base to work. Yeah. Mm. I think that, um, like, funnily enough, despite like I was not there for a while the first time around um, at all, and I played like a bit, but like I'm just basically, I'm clearly not a Chad, um, <laughs> a Chad hardcore WoW player since release, like. Um, I'm one of these virgin, like, JRPG MMO players. But it is, like, um, I think it was that Asmongold video where it's, like, from the demo or whatever, um, when it was, like, closed beta or whatever it was, and basically seeing, like, the leveling is really meaningful. Because in a lot of RPGs these days, like, the leveling is literally just, like, the tutorial. You can get to max level and then have, play the real game. Mm. So having, having, like, an MMO where the leveling is, like, really meaningful Looks like really interesting. Mm. So and also like it does appeal to the like um why would I play a brand new game that's really well made when I can play a game made by some guy in his garage twenty years ago on like with bubblegum and sticky tape. <laughs> <laughs> um so that seems really cool. But I would say yeah, like because the whole thing, right, is expansions aren't just changing like what you can do in the game and items and quests and stuff, right? It's like this it's telling the story. So if they never release like these X packs, it seems weird to me that like the story gets frozen like at some point in time, and like never progresses. Well, there is talk about um, them keeping the classic WoW engine and system, and then releasing content afterwards. Mm. So uh, yeah, it gives them an opportunity true. to to change the story or have an alternate story, but using the same. Um, cool. not, not never changing the yeah the wow 
engine, I suppose. Yeah, never changing the... Well, like, so it'll be like, you know, patch 1.13 or whatever. Um, yeah. But it won't change the systems. It'll still be classic WoW and it'll still be that. But maybe we do a different version of events or like cool. things that were intentionally... Oh, well, things that were meant to be put into classic uh, that didn't make it, like Karazhan, for example. Yeah. Or just like, a new, like even if it was like something completely different, like, oh, how triggered would it... Joey, Eugene, uh-huh. what if it's classic WoW and then they're just introducing a completely new storyline that isn't in any of the X-Packs? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but it's not meant to be diff. It's meant to be original. Well... <laughs> You basically described the expansion called Warlords of Draenor. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a catastrophic failure in almost every single way. So I don't know if they're willing to take that risk, but what they would be willing to do is what I mentioned before, where like they can just put things in there that were meant to be in there. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean... To be honest, though, I wouldn't mind them pursuing um, alternate stories and alternate versions of events in Classic. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like... I, I wouldn't even mind them going and doing like a Burning Crusade server. Mm. That'd be cool. Like, that'd be cool as well. Yeah, I, I would enjoy a Burning Crusade server. Anyway, Brenton? Oh, I was, was going to say, sorry, it's just that um, I think what would be really, really interesting to me is when it goes, like, properly live, like what sort of sub rate it gets and then after a few months because like i hear a lot of different like I, you know what well, we're here i read online who am i talking to right here these viewpoints <laughs> you guys uh i read online like a lot of people they're like oh it's gonna be like huge or it's gonna be like huge for like a minute and then everyone's gonna leave when they get bored or you know all these different viewpoints and i'm really interested to see like how like the percent like how many people will be able to get back who like want to relive the past or just weren't around in the first place and then also i'm kind of interested i reckon one they might be able to get people who like aren't there just for the like nostalgia but just because it's an mmo that's different to other mmos that are out there at the moment right mm. like it's just if you if you take it like separately so that it's well, classic just like take this on its own as an mmo and like i wonder if we get people that way and i wonder how long to be able to keep people attracted to it um like without new big new content drops like X-Packs and like because ideally it's big enough that yeah they can just you have the choice right like current like new wow as it's called um classic wow and then like oh i want to play burning crusade now yeah that's ideally where i would like the game to go is like that i can play in any sort of time era that i want um that's really what i would enjoy um like uh, if 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 i'm talking about like my dream like one day i could be like oh i want to like you know go raid black temple uh, and go like smack illidan in the dick and then maybe the next day i you know want to go uh kill kelthazard in classic and then maybe the next day i want to go kill kelthazard in fucking um wrath lich king like that's that's how like that's something that i'd be definitely very interested in yeah that sounds really cool the mm. same here and I, I just like to have the um the choice really because uh, at the moment i'm someone who doesn't really enjoy modern wow at all mm. uh, like I've, I've i've had short spaces of time where i've played it and you know yeah some of the quests are cool and whatnot but it hasn't really drawn me in like it used to and i guess classic wow is something that you know i can think back to when i first started playing and while the experience won't be the same as that 
um, and obviously I'm a lot better as a, a gamer now. Um, it'll be good to get back to something which was so familiar back then that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and one of the major things with WoW at the moment that I I struggle with is that there's just so much stuff going on, um, and the the shift has sort of moved away from like like you said, Brenton, the the journey to getting to max level, rather than you know more. It's just you know you just do these quests, it doesn't really matter, and you know you get to max level, and it's just you know mythic this and raid that, and I don't know. I'd like something that's a little bit more slower paced, and I can enjoy the story and the community, and you know once I get up to raiding, that's cool. I want the rating to be really, really epic and large scale, and which I think the forty man raids in Classic did really well. Yeah, so I'm uh, Brendan's review cautiously optimistic. Um, Brendan, as as somebody who's played uh, multiple versions of WoW, you, you definitely should give it a go. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Because mm. um, like, and uh, I, I was talking to Joey about this a little while ago as well, actually, and um, because. I was going to start uh, reading again in modern WoW um, because I still enjoy it. I still think I still think it's really good, uh, in my opinion, um, because I like a lot of the mechanics, like the way a lot of the classes play. But in the end, I think that I actually want an RPG, not like a a glorified RPG, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like all these MMOs, like you leveling progression, you get to max, and then it like like. It turns into, I think that the issue is that it turns from a game where like an RPG, where you're going through a campaign, like a storyline, to now you're kind of playing like a, like a online game, multiplayer game, like where you compete against people. Oh, uh, yeah. People. Mm. And like, they're just two kind of different games, mm. if you know. And like, it's kind of cool that you can do it in one game, but also it's like, if I want to like, you know, play with a team against another team, whatever, right? There's whole genres that can also do that. Mm-hmm. Like and only in like a really focused around that, and then if I want a storyline, like there are games that are focused around that. So I think that because that's the problem. Like if you have you know you're just like ah, oh, I'm just grinding to max level, and then actually it's all different anyway, and it's not, and at least you're like skipping over quest text and stuff. Or I'm like, well, if I don't care about the questing, why am I doing it? Yeah, yeah, no, very true, and um, that is something that I think I'll bring back because, I mean this was the thing when I was first starting to play and I was questing and then I like turned to Joey. I'm like, Joey, where the fuck is the quest? Like, where's the guys that I need to kill? And he's like, Eugene, did you read the quest text? (gasps) I'm like, no. He's like, read the fucking quest text. (laughs) It's, it's so true. Like I playing modern wow at the moment or, or just recently and just, it really is, you know, you read the quest text and it's cool, but there's always that, mini map and that arrow just pointing where you need to go and it's like well you know it's more efficient for me just to you know follow the arrow and i think a lot of people have sort of got into that that they they don't mm. actually read for the quest text and i've noticed that a lot of the time the quest text doesn't even tell you where it is anymore no it doesn't um yeah it's because they have that technology you know oh, well it, it was an add-on back in the day for like you know quest help or whatever um and they just like slowly inter- integrated it into the game and i think that they did something cool with it in world quests because world quests wouldn't be able to exist without this technology. Um, like the way that they do, um, like highlighting it, like where to go on the map to get particular things. Like if it was just a quest that you got somewhere, um, then you would have to get it from somebody and, and they would have to tell you to go somewhere. So I like the idea in world quest, but I also just like, you know, I also don't like it for the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, was that it, Christian? Yeah, that's it for me. Yep. Cool, man. Cool, cool. All right. Last is me again. Ha ha ha. All right. So a couple of things that I have to talk about this week is that for starters, I want to become a marathon runner. Holy shit. Hey, hey. Strap on your boots. <laughs> However, I only want to attend one marathon ever. And it is set in uh, what Joey would call my home country of the of southern France. And yep. um, yeah, where you can do a marathon. Um, and along the way, um, you can just take a quick stopover and chow down on some wine, cheese, oysters, steak, or grapes. Sounds very French. Yeah, dude. It sounds awesome. <laughs> We are too lazy for the marathons. Pardon? Is this a competitive event? Um, I don't know if it's a competitive event. Um, the only thing that I do know is that it, it has a six-hour time limit. <laughs> so okay. I, think, I think if you can get to the end in six hours, I think you're doing well. Okay. So, like, the finish line gets cut off then and everybody goes home. So, not sure if it's, like, a competitive event or just an excuse for, like, a wine and cheese tasters to... Um, you know, shield their products. Um, but it, it, in the end, I think everyone has a good time. I've just posted on Discord um, some some of your compatriots. The picture is a group of Frenchmen with uh, T's on their head. Oh, carrying balloons. Actually, I did forget to mention <laughs> one of the rules is that you have to be in some kind of fancy dress. Um, okay. Yeah. So I don't think it's a particularly competitive event. So you have to be in some kind of stupid or fancy dress. And run around. And I just, I read this and I thought, man, that's the, that's the marathon that I want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. It, it looks like um, the Brisbane fun run on steroids. Yeah, it, like it does. Yeah, the bridge to Brisbane or whatever, except like, yeah, people are just eating food all the way through. <laughs> so funny. if I'm ever to go to Europe, because, you know, um, my, my girlfriend has been very um what's that word that's not offensive um, <laughs> um insistent. insistent that's the word uh, <laughs> that, that, that we go to europe so i'd be down for this one would Same any thing, of you so. guys would any of you guys be interested in something like this man you know um i'd probably take the marathon aspect of it too seriously knowing <laughs> 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 myself so it, it, it would be kind of cool getting sloshed, um, just just on French wine. Like, hello, I am here for the marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have to be dressed up in some ridiculous outfit. Where do I insert baguette? <laughs> 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 oh, man. I really, I would enjoy, like, this definitely does seem like a really good setting for, like, an anime of cute girls doing cute things. <laughs> You know what? It probably is. It probably it is because each episode could be a different leg of the marathon. Exactly. No, it's um that's that's anime of the year, Brenton. Sell it immediately to um Noitamana. Exactly. The new show produced by Silverlink. You can call it um well we run the animation. Yeah, exactly. And there's like Grape Chan and like yep. Wan Chan and yep. uh, Bree Chan. Mm -hmm. And they're all like in their, they're in their corresponding, you know, fancy dress. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a bunch of grapes. <laughs> Brendan, that's uh, great. Uh, uh, Definitely uh, uh, sell uh, it. Yep. 
I I would definitely w- would watch fifteen minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it'd depend heavily on the OP. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have a good OP with this kind of thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was the first anime ever where the fact that they're all running in the OP actually makes sense. <laughs> exactly. No, so for it to be anime, they'd have to be not running in the OP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like all sitting they, they, in the OP. They're just sitting and eating grapes and like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one that it's the one that they don't run in the OP because they're not playing the show. <laughs> and there's uh, like, you know, they can review like some, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, they're training in the lead up for the marathon, right? And like all the shoes, the, the cool shoes they're gonna wear. Yeah, the running shoes. Fun. Oh my god, it's the best. And there's there's one chick who's like, um, she's afraid she's gonna gain weight, like despite running all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've, uh, I've got all the character progression planned out, man. All right. all right, you guys make it happen. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is like actually wow related. We've had so many wow things this, like this episode. Mine wasn't wow related. Yeah, except you can play wow when people said here, probably. Yeah, maybe. Oh, well, Blizzard is another one. Like, will they ever go to the platform? Who knows? Um, the big one that I wanted to talk about was that there are a lot of uh, popular streamers um, slash YouTubers who got banned this week. Yeah, well, 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 what did they do? And and did, not did and not like and <laughs> what? No, okay. they didn't talk about like an obvious horrendous act. Um, what they what they actually did um, was something that I think Blizzard should have handled a bit better. Uh, it was basically an exploit. Um, so. What what happened was, um, you got this uh, XP potion, um, that you could use to increase the amount of XP that you get from certain sources. Yeah. And then, what happened was it it would last for like you know an hour or something, and then obviously the idea was that that once that one runs out, you you pop a fresh one to get your hour going again. However, what happened was due to an oversight with the way that it was programmed, uh, if you refresh your potion early they would stack. <gasps> oh, fuck. Yeah. So instead of getting 100% extra XP, you would get 200% extra XP. And so, oh, wow. yeah. And so if you had enough of these potions, um, you could basically pop like 20 of them and they would all stack. And so you could go from 110 to 120 in one dungeon run. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So like... There were these, like, obviously, you know, populist, like, streamers like uh, Preach, for example, um, who's been banned for 31 days for exploiting this. Oh, I've wow. A, I've got a major question. Yep. Like, when my fucking hand's in the air. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck about XP in modern WoW? Yeah. Well, apparently it's it's something uh, that it was the way that Blizzard didn't intend the item to work, so they were exploiting part of the game i also agree uh why do people give a fuck about xp consider well yeah considering that it's so easy to get i don't know yeah, you, I mean, play, you, you play the game for like an, uh, an afternoon a week with your with your best bud and you'll be you'll be max level in a fucking month it guys, so guys hard. there's a i know the obvious reason is because what's the other way to get from 110 to 120 really fast uh buy a level scroll with real money um that they're not available yet you have to like you can only get to 110 at the moment oh really yep you can't get to 120 via money yet they usually wait until the end of the expansion for that to Uh, be available okay i just thought it was it was like that's obviously why (laughs) this is like mad they didn't make so much money 
the XP pressures cost money, so it's like you're just oh, buying. Right. Uh, uh, you, you're buying it. You're buying a level score. You're buying twenty XP potions. Like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, he gives a fuck. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Mm. How dare you get XP too quickly? The uh, the other thing is that um, this was done without any other sort of acknowledgement. Like, and apparently this was an issue that was raised by people in 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 the game. Like, they sent Blizzard tickets about this. Like, you know, yeah. a while ago. And um, man. There are a lot of angry people on the internet, and obviously not the people uh, that got banned. Like there are these other people that are uh, find individuals like you two gentlemen who basically saying, "Blizzard, fix your software." I mean, yeah. no, no, that's a given. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fix yeah. your fucking software. You yeah, idiots. don't don't ban people for like you know for your obvious like oversight on some on something. No, no, it's not people, Eugene. Don't ban paying customers. Yeah, because your product doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Like, what yeah, the fuck is that? Mm. Yeah, like, sorry, this is something, like, every now and then I just remember. It's like, man, like, Riot or fucking Blizz or whatever. Like, Blizz could just, like, fucking delete my Overwatch account whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's got, like, you know, 200 bucks, whatever, put into that. And it's just fucking gone, like, tears in the rain. Not only that, not only that. You're banning popular streamers, right? Popular streamers yeah. slash YouTube. Don't ban paying customers for promoting your game. Yeah, I know. That's the other part. For using your software? Exactly. Mm. Well, the stance that they're taking on it is a hard stance in that, obviously, if you exploit the game for any for any particular way, then you should receive a consequence. No, no, okay. Consequence? You can't play one for 30 days. Yep. Decent consequence. Whatever, you know? But, like, what, a lifetime ban for this shit? Or what? It's uh, there's no lifetime bans happening. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, 30 yet, anyway. Yeah, 30, 30 day bans uh, is the maximum that people Eugene, have gotten. Eugene, I want to be outraged. How dare you come in and I still I still think it's excessive because like some people got less bans than others, like yeah. And um, there was someone I, that like brought I need an immediate I need an, uh, an immediate race, income level and gender breakdown of who got banned. Okay. Yeah. And, and for how long? <laughs> and um, the other thing power. as well is uh the false positives where like some people may have just accidentally like like you know reasonably accidentally just refreshed it and didn't and didn't know that that was the consequence i mean i would do that hmm. like I, I i would totally accidentally like click the fucking fucking button twice just yeah happens. yeah yeah it just happens so you know there are some people that may have like got banned for just a simple mistake or whatever in any event, it's uh, you know, it's something a bit shitty that that was happening in the uh, in the Blizzard universe. Not Blizz, you've um, you've, you've lost me forever. <laughs> right, all right. Um, and my last thing that I wanted to mention is that something that got me excited as a man of science, um, is uh, they've basically uh, done this experiment that solves a, a a particular riddle or a um or a thought experiment um and you guys are familiar with uh schrodinger's cat yeah yes yep so brendan yes yes okay yes, yeah so the idea that obviously that the cat could be in two different states it could be alive or dead um but before we observe it we don't know which one it is Yep. Yeah. So, and that's the idea behind um, this particular experiment is that instead of a cat, we were thinking about photon spin. Um, so, like, you know, photons could spin in a particular direction, but we don't really know until we have a look at it. 
And so through the use of complicated um, technology, uh, they've basically um, found a state where both things happened at the same time. So like it, it, this particular situation was shown that the, that the photons are spinning in one direction, but then also spinning in the other direction. Wait a minute. Does this finally confirm that I'm way better than my ELO, but also all my teammates suck at the same time? <laughs> and also all my enemies are overpowered? Well, <laughs> what, what, what it has proved is that there are alternate versions of reality. So um, depending on um, the, what we observe. So you know what? Your teammates might just suck. <laughs> what it means is that there's an alternate reality. We are actually a Platinum 4. And yes. That Platinum 4 is looking at you and saying you're a cuck. <gasps> That's the best thing ever. <laughs> so, also, yeah. he's like, he's, he's banging your waifu in like an alternate reality. Oh, no. Obviously, because you're like banging his waifu in reality. So, mm. different types. Yeah, so um, I thought that was like super duper interesting because uh, it opens up this idea of alternate realities. Um, I, I know that because of some particle existing that, you know, the whole idea of multiple universes uh, is kind of thrown out the window. Um, but the idea of multiple different realities or things that happen depending on how we observe them is really sweet. And I just thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really mm. Does anybody else have anything to say about it? Do you think that this is weird, bad, good? Well, I guess um, psychology has already established that, you know, people live in alternate realities anyway, even if it is in their own head. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, what is? We've been doing this for ages. Exactly. You know. yeah. <laughs> You're finding out to have classic and BC at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how, how we observe it. Oh. No, basically, science was too fucking slow. And so computer software engineers made the alternate realities for us. <laughs> well, we can play in them anytime we want. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, Take that, quantum physicist. I don't know. I always get to, I always get disappointed with um, with physics because you know, physics is the is pretty much the science of swinging my dick around with my awesome claim. Mm -hmm. And it and it turns out all they've done is like proven that a, a flashing light flashing regularly will sometimes like split the photon a little bit, and you mm -hmm. get two dots instead of one. And I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys yeah i can see that and a lot of like physicists love to like swing their like you know iq around essentially yeah um so uh, uh, you know. well, that's the thing. And, uh, uh, like astrophysics is the same like don't think he, don't think he's getting away with this you fucking little hourglass look look through us um, <laughs> you're not looking back in time okay what you're doing is you're looking at something far away and yes i know Light speed and time is relative and shit. I don't care. <laughs> it's not actually looking back in time. You know, you, you're making predictions based on some data, based on like a radio wave, based on like some background radiation from hundreds of millions of years ago, and it turns into a number on the page, and maybe it's a prime number, and that's then that's kind of cool. <laughs> but that yeah. doesn't mean there's a big crunch coming. <laughs> okay. Deep the mathematician train is over. <laughs> <laughs> Science yeah. debunked. I mean, and then and then if I have a look at the mathematician thing, I was like, why do I give a fuck about this thing that you've arbitrarily created for some purpose that may or may not prove something that doesn't exist in our world and only is a construct of uh, you know logic? Because post-Romanian geometry is beautiful. You do that's why. <laughs> <laughs> the symbols on the page are symmetrical. You don't understand, uh, right? When you model it in three D. On a particular 2D plane, it makes a ball, and that's that's what's important. Okay. 
I'm glad. I'm glad it's important, Joey. It makes you probably single banded too. Like, well, I should. Uh, go. All right. Um, well, I think that's it for me, guys. And I think that's going to have to bring us to the end of our episode today. Holy shit. Oh, mm. God. Yeah, it's been a bit of a long one. We've been going, we've been going pretty long, actually. Let but... me Google Stadia. Yeah, I know. Google Stadia. And, and like, fucking wild this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah, definitely wild. Bringing up, bringing up the stuff. All right. Um, so... If anybody has uh, anything else that they want to ask us or any opinions that they have about Classic WoW or about Google Stadia, um, you can send us an email over at the um, at the podcast email. It is sdspodcastau at gmail.com. Um, remember the AU because we are the Australian version. Um, you can also send us a tweet or go give us a follow over on Twitter. We are at sdspodcastau. Um, and all of our episodes... Uh, actually, except for the one that we recorded a couple of weeks ago because I had some problems, are available over at Um, Yeah, where you can find our entire back catalogue. Speaking of jhray.com, I hear that that's where people can find you on the interwebs, Joey. Yep, jhray.com is your hub of jhray news, jhray events, and jhray media. Yep. I made a fucking blog post, but it's really shit. Um... <laughs> Wow. So yeah, like, check out my blog post. She's such a great sales guy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you mean. My um my sales my salesmanship is perfect. And also on jtrader.com you can find our sister podcast, Yay Power Hour, which is a much better podcast than this one. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> you can also find the back catalogue of Chilled Esports, where you can find out the historic records of what we thought about esports back in the day. Mm. <laughs> yeah, about a year ago now actually. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. This is our this is our anniversary actually. Or this is coming out. Yeah, it'll be coming up soon. Mm. Um, yep, cool. So if you want to find Joey, head over to that. Uh if you want to catch me anytime, I am available uh on Twitter at OvalTeenGene. Just send me a tweet if you wanna get in touch, uh wanna bring something up on the podcast or hang out, play some games, etc. Um, yep, you can hit me up over that. And yeah, this uh, brings us to the end. So I'd like to say thank you very much for joining me, gentlemen. Thank you, Jade. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yep. All right. And we'll see you all next time. On shortwave radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>